Captain's Log, Stardate 758-67.3. Aboard Lone Star Station, I am preparing for a meeting with captains and admirals that have been tasked with deep space exploration. As I think about the oath of service, I still look forward to what we will discover as we continue our mission of exploring strange new worlds and new civilizations. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by Ensign Katie Kleinhaus. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for this here discussion of the literature, because we're smart people, we, we read books in audio format. My dear friend, Lieutenant Commander David, how you doing, bud? Words are hard, apparently. Wow, words words is hard. Words is hards. <laughs> yeah, I'm just as good as I was, um, what? The other day? Two, two days ago. The other day, whenever that was, yeah. <laughs> Sacagawea. Already starting. It's already starting. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go, man. Yeah, like not too long ago, we, uh, of course, we sat down and we, we had a little chit chat about um, that one episode of, of Strange New Worlds. And we'll be doing that again here very, very soon. Could be right now. It could be tomorrow. It could be a week from now. You never know when it's going to pop out. Time is weird in podcast land. So I've been told. But, I don't know. I, I've heard everything's live. It's all just do it live. Do it live. We'll do it live. We're on Twitch right now, by the way. That'd be that'd be interesting. You want you want to do a live one on Twitch someday? No. <laughs> no. 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 Please, please no, please no. I mean, we could, but I don't know if I could deal with the comments. What are these nerds doing on here? Play games. Why aren't you playing games? Why aren't y'all in a hot tub? <laughs> Where? Where's my ASMR? <laughs> Why aren't they licking ear mics? We need a, we need a level three hype train right now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Big Johnson 69 for the tight fiver. <laughs> oh, wow. And that just pushed us into a 200% level five hype train. Thank you so much for all the support. Make sure to click on the Patreon link below and join my $5 tier where you will get special added member, uh, uh, member benefits. And Please don't. Please follow, like, and subscribe, link in bio. <laughs> hey, I like some Twitch streaming. Some of it's pretty good background background noise sure. at times. You know, it, it can be fun. For sure. There was a, a one. There's one streamer that I was watching um, recently, and uh, they've been. It's like their first playthrough of um, what is it? Um, Breath of the Wild of uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. and. Um, like they're just like chill, casual, just having a good time. Like they've, it's like their first Zelda game, period. 
And uh, oh, really? That's yeah. the first one. Yeah, their first Zelda game. Period. What, what are they like? They kids or something? I mean, like, no, what are we no, about? they're are we like got some Zoomers or something. No, they're they're like close to our age. I mean, they're wow. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I, see, we weren't we weren't a Nintendo household, but like I still played some other Zelda games. Oh yeah, like I would go to like my buddy's house and I would play like at least Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, if I wasn't playing it actively, I was like watching and screaming at them while they did play it, type of thing. Wow. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So they were um, they've been doing this. They've also been like kind of like uh, preparing to like sell their house, and you know they had to like put away all their like streaming gear. And while they were at work, this other like streamer like just decides hey i'm gonna be nice to this person here have a hundred gifted subs oh wow just like dropped a hundred gifted subs and like they're getting like all these notifications on their phone (laughs) while they're at work and like they're having like um like a like almost like an existential crisis like what's happening what is offline subs all those like seriously dude like Seriously, a hundred gifted subs while you weren't even playing like a single second of games. That's yeah. pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. If anyone wants to do happened? that for our, our Twitch stream that we're doing right now, go for it. I'm just saying. We're not really on Twitch, by the way. Could be. We just could like be. Eric could be on Twitter. You never know. I mean, how else could he be doing so well in these polls? If he's not actually looking at it, I'm just saying. I think he's. I think he's hiding a secret. He really a dark, is. a dark secret. He might be a Klingon, who's who's been Genetic transformed beyond. into human, and you know, or, or he could just huh. be an Illyrian who's just lying. <laughs> a Klingon. Or he could just be. I don't hold know. on, hold on. He's he's a he's a genetically altered Klingon that enjoys wearing cardigans. I mean, maybe. It's the it's the ultimate disguise. <laughs> it's possible. It's completely my possible. Na- my name's Barry. Hi, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I deal in trillium mostly. <laughs> I remember things. I don't always remember everything, but sometimes I remember random things. <laughs> You're, you're you're good for remembering a random thing every now and again. That's, That's good. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, how have, how have things been going in your world, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, not not too bad. Not too bad. Um, you know, just mainly work and boss uh, took us out to dinner tonight, so that was fun. Burger King went to this. Oh yes, clearly, I got a crown. I don't have it here with me now. It's at my other house. Of course. Um, but you can have it your no. way there. I'm just saying. Hey, man, sometimes I do just want it my way. Okay. And my way includes a ton of mayonnaise that I have to scrape off. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a. No. <laughs> nope, we're not doing it. Um, no. We went to. A, it's, um, it's called a Brew Burger. Okay. Brew Burger. It's. Uh, it's it's it was it's a nice it's a decent little place. I mean, I, I it's not like overly amazing, but it's you know it, it was good. It was decent decent food, and we all ate and 
had a had an adult beverage and uh, yeah, conversed like normal like normal humans. <laughs> so is that what happens? Normal humans converse with one another. Uh, don't 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 let them everybody too much in there i mean we're, okay. we've been trying to discredit eric and you know we're clearly the aliens like you gotta, you gotta just play along with it <sighs> cardigans are normal that's right <laughs> no but yeah no that's that's pretty much every everything going on so far have uh i was telling you before uh it's meant to be there's uh you know triple a baseball in columbus is, is a lot of fun mm-hmm. but uh saturday is star wars night and fireworks mm. and I forgot to buy tickets like an idiot and right as I was going to pay for tickets I didn't want just to be there two better tickets came up mm. and it was it was excellent it was a good resale so I will be there to watch baseball and possibly some cosplayers that's and fireworks that's what I'm talking about right there that's good that's good oh man I don't have any fun stories see this is exactly what happens like that's you, true. You or Eric have something exciting and I don't. Or I have something and y'all don't. It's the circle of life. That's a boring circle. It really is a boring circle. It's just round, you know? <sighs> anyway, sorry. I'm all I'm all tapped out on stuff. It, just give me like another three or four months and I'll come up with something. <laughs> Better I'll tell you how Top Gun goes after I see it. Just saying. Well, seeing as Eric's here, you can give everybody your true opinion on the Doctor Strange movie, right? Oh yeah. He doesn't listen to the stuff back. Well, it's 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 uh, it's it's touching off. He does, you know what I'm saying? Eric, if you're listening to this, you're a good guy. I I, I won't disparage you when you're not here. Just fast forward guy. to you know minute eleven thirty six. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah saw that recently and talked about that on the um, the latest strange new worlds uh discussion that we did so um, yep so if you have if you want to hear something to do with dr strange 2 you can listen to that and of course the star trek stuff that we talked about on that show too so it's fine it's fine just some star trek so just casual star- casual star tracking yeah we're just star trekking throughout the universe you know on the Enterprise with Captain Kirk. It's fine. Um, okay. Speaking of the Enterprise, let's talk about it. And uh, and some other ships. Sacagawea. Yeah, like that one. So, <laughs> guys and gals, people of listener land, welcome to the podcast. Um, once a month, David and I, we, we go into the library that is Star Trek literature and uh we we listen with our ears and our hearts um to what the story is being told and uh for this here particular uh book episode that we're doing uh is on um the uh is it from the original series era um called the captain's oath and um anyway this this is a book that's been out since uh, 2019, if I remember correctly. It's been out uh, a couple years, several years now, and um, this is a um, this is not canon, by the way. Um, so it's big. It's kind of a big surprise if you actually read the book. That's definitely not canon. Um, 
but this is a, a book that tries to fill in the gaps um, in like the late basically like the late 2250s early 2260s for the most part with uh, Captain Kirk or just James T. Kirk period um, James Tiberius Kirk yeah that's what the T stands for, Tiberius. Anyway, that's right. um, so yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about um, today. So um, if you've read this, I hope you've you enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't, then we're going into spoilerific territory in terms of what we talk about. So uh, we'll try not to give all of it away so you can actually still enjoy the book. But there's a good amount that we're going to totally ruin because that's what we do on this on these episodes we ruin things right we're, we're gonna wreck it <laughs> i want to wreck it thank you wreck it ralph appreciate it um all right so like i was saying david this is a um this is a story that is happening um late 2250s really early 2260s i mean if, in fact if you look at the uh, table of contents on it um you see like the chapters um, the listings or whatever, they'll say like 2260-something, 2265, 2260, whatever. There's a lot of jumping around that's taking place in this story uh, where we are we're bouncing back and forth between um, James T. Kirk's early days, like quite literally early days on the Enterprise as the captain, and a few years prior to that on the... Um, the, the, the Sacagawea. Sacagawea. The Sacagawea. Sacagawea. The Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to say anything? Crazy. It was that? a crazy time back in 2019. <laughs> it really was. So, let me, I, I, I got to get that, this out the way, okay? So, I'm pro- I probably will tick someone off. In the, in the course of probably talking about this, but I'm giving this a hard time because maybe it was because of how I was taught, like not only like how to pronounce it, but like the story of like early exploration and Western expansion um, when I was a kid, um, like with Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Um, in this book, they make a big, 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 big to do about how this particular ship is named, how to pronounce it for crying out loud. And mm-hmm. like, I see it, I'm hearing it and like my ear is kind of hurting. Cause like I keep hearing Sacagawea over and over and over again. And I'm just thinking, no, it's Sacagawea. It's Sacagawea. And they keep saying Sacagawea. And this is um, the ship that apparently Kirk is on just prior to truly taking command of the Enterprise, which I have issues with, and I'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But um, David, I had, I think I had texted you and I called you to kind of talk about this like dumb little story point, like this, like this little, I shouldn't call it a dumb story point, but like just this, this you know, thing that they just had to camp out on and make like such a big deal out of, like sh- like putting such a spotlight on. No, no, no. We intend to call it the Sacagawea instead of the Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to at least like take a couple minutes or minute, whatever, and kind of like get your take on that. Like whenever you're first hearing it, reading it, 
whatever as we even start this story, as we start to unpack, you know, some of the history of James T. Kirk? Uh, well, I, I think... I think that there are a lot of, um, and, and as I say this, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not passing judgment on it one way or the other. I'm just saying that it is a reality that this book has a lot of social justice overtones. Boy, does it. Um, in a lot of different areas, which I mean, make some sense, obviously. I mean, not everything that's being kind of pushed socially nowadays is BS. I mean, a lot of it's not. Um, but the the Sacagawea, Sacagawea thing, like, I, I actually vaguely have a memory of, I think Sacagawea was like one thing that kind of passed at one time. Um, and... I don't know where Sacagawea came from. Like, I, I, I honestly, I even tried to look it up a little bit beforehand. And I just don't, I don't know. Like, I, I legitimately don't know where that came from. And it was a little off-putting because I don't, I don't really know that the book explained that well enough. Yeah. To give me a grounding in it. Um this kind of happened in in the high republic stuff with star wars where we changed certain pronunciations of stuff that had been like the same like the nihil became the nile um uh who is our bad guy character uh martian row became markeon row mm. and when you when you make those kind of things without explaining why it doesn't always it, it falls kind of flat for me um because again like throughout my life it's always been Sacagawea that's that's always how it's kind of been so I don't and you've clearly have your your google pronunciation Sacagawea Sacagawea standby I do so I, I I just I don't know where it came from but there were there were parts in this book uh, th there was one specific part where you know Kirk uh, I, and I'm just going to get this out of the way too this book was hard for me to follow in audiobook form I think it might be one where you skip an audiobook and read the book book mm -hmm. I think that that might be better for most people because it was, it was hard there was too much bouncing around for me but there was one part and I don't remember I, I, I'm I don't remember which storyline this was in, but Kirk had talked about the sort of uh, the expansion, uh, you know, taking a continent away from the indigenous people, i.e. America, but American values, you know, kind of providing certain bedrocks for the Federation and everything. Um, so, I, I think that it's important not to overshadow the darker parts of history because like I'm a history guy I, I enjoy history and his history no matter where you look at it because it's not just America the history of the world is actually very dark it's very dark um, 
but I do think that as America, we, we have been in a lens of like really examining that over the past couple of years to the point where we're, we're, we're not providing any world context about a lot of things when we should have. And I'm sorry, I'm ranting about this, but it is kind of because it's, it's overtoned in the book a lot. Um, but yeah, that just to get back to the original thing, the, the, the pronunciation didn't make a lot of sense to me. And it, again, I'm happy to be called wrong. Like I'm happy it's somebody on like Twitter to say, yeah, that's the way it was supposed to be. And if you provide a source, that'd be fantastic. Truly. I just didn't understand it. Truly. And like with, um, even like with that too, um, like I realized that the person that taught me and that taught them and taught whomever could have been taught incorrectly. Right. But Mm -hmm. like we have like at least like at least one entire generation that I'm aware of, if I can paint with broad strokes on that, that has pronounced Sacagawea in that manner, not Sacagawea, Um, whatever, you know, and not that Reddit is a um, a necessarily authoritative by any means. But like, in fact, on Reddit, there's this debate of the same thing like how do you pronounce it and like you have people like you have just people all across the spectrum that are just you know typing it out phonetically to try and like make their point and like polls and other stuff so um if there is a definitive like proper phonetic whatever pronunciation i would like to know but i mean right now i mean i'm going with google like i know i'm kind of like having fun with it but Sacagawea. I mean that's what the the how do you pronounce this word and that this is what comes up on on freaking Google for crying out loud and here's here it is slow because why not Sacagawea. there we go thank you Google thanks Earl appreciate you but I mean like that's look I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill on that but when we're when we're listening to an audiobook Right, like I did not get a chance to actually get the paperback like I normally do, so I was like at the mercy of of the audiobook for this particular story, and like you're you're stuck like with that particular part of like your senses in terms of like your ability to comprehend not just comprehend but to also enjoy the stuff that you're that you're uh, consuming and as silly as this is like that just uh, this just really irked me like it just like kind of like impacted my my enjoyment um especially them doubling down on like no you're wrong this is actually how it's pronounced type of thing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and i do want to kind of keep on the the trajectory of what you were saying about like enjoyment of this and like maybe like read the book compared to listening to the audiobook um i got lost a lot in this with the audiobook a lot a lot a lot um i was like okay we have some random dude now wait is sulu on the sakaga wheel like what's what's going on like wait why why are we wait there's a first contact mission with something wait what it was very like because like the way that it's organized if, if for anyone that may get the audiobook you'll see like the audiobook does a really good job of saying like you know 2262 
or whatever. And there'll be like three or four maybe chapters that take place in 2262. And then you have like 2265, it's like one chapter. And you go back to like 2263, there's like three or yeah. four chapters. So like you're spending more time in the past than you are in like the present with Kirk's Enterprise, which I think is what really was contributing to some of the confusion from an audiobook standpoint and why I agree with David, like get the book, get the book. Yeah. 100%. So, um, with, so with this, uh, with this, um, Kirk, um, well, I guess this is like the other part of the confusion too. So I'm sorry, David, was I hearing it correctly that Kirk's first command in this book, according to this book, was in fact the Sacagawea. Yeah. So he became captain of the Sacagawea, and his second command would have been the Enterprise. Correct. Okay, then I was not going crazy then. Yeah. This is why I'm saying this is straight up not canon. Straight up not canon. Um, Because, for for a number of reasons. Should Should I rant... Please, please do. Why not? Okay, it's a podcast. I gotta do what I want, right? <laughs> I mean, we have we have him on the Farragut, among other things. Like with the Farragut, he was on there um, in the late uh, mid to late twenty two fifties. You know, working in like the tactical um, arm of the ship, basically. And we have not only in um, there are several. Um, several original series episodes as well as like some of the movies that even talk about um, like his first command being the Enterprise um, in fact like in uh, what was it Star Trek 2009 or Star Trek Into Darkness I can't remember I think it was Star Trek 09 like, like elder older prime Spock is talking to Kelvin Kirk saying that um, you know, your father was the insp- your, like your inspiration for joining Starfleet, and that your father actually got to see you take your first command on the Enterprise, or something to that effect. So it's it's firmly established in all parts of canon that I'm aware of. And I might have some people yelling at me right now as they're listening to this episode, um, saying, "No, no, you're wrong, you're wrong." But I'm pretty sure I'm right that like his first command established in canon was the Enterprise. So I don't understand why we're backtracking and saying that his first command, when there's like episodes like Court Martial, which is like a clip show in a way, um, mm-hmm. is has established it. Like I, I just don't understand like the rationale to add in this random ship. Well, I, I think in, in terms of just like making logical sense, I... Why would your first command be effectively Constitution class, basically flagship? Like, why would that be your first command? Because, like, even Picard had the Stargazer for like twenty years. Yeah, but before he was, before he took the Enterprise. Um, so, like, it would make sense that you would have like a command first, with you know potentially a ship of less consequence for like proving proving ground type sure. of command sure i mean that that would make sense to me um but yeah i mean i think as far as establishment it, it does seem to establish that kirk was you know his, his command was 
his first command command's captain was the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, that's why it's not canon, Chase. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. We, we, we do what we want. Yeah. You can just Sakaga way it up. It's fine. Woo! Yeah. Party in the captain's quarters. Let's have some ribs you're, you're, on the Sakaga way You're trying to get that pulled back up, aren't you? So you can play the play the sound, aren't you? Sakajawea. Yeah, it's already up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I will I will say like, yeah, that that's a little odd, but one thing that I you know, to kinda get get on more of a positive note. Yeah. I do enjoy some of the, the characters that they brought up in this in this particular book. I think uh uh what was it? Odabayo. That sounds right. Who was uh, Kirk's first officer aboard the? I mean, uh, do we? Sacagawea. Yeah, do we want to establish what we're going to call it? Are we just calling it what they called it in the audiobook or what? I mean, like, I can't, I can't, I just, we have to establish. I can't just bounce back and forth. Let's, okay, let's just go with what they call it in the story, okay. just to be respectful. The first officer, the Sacagawea. I, I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting that you know they, they pair him with an older, mm-hmm. an older first officer, and they have they have a clash in the beginning, where you know, and he was, um, what what was he? Because uh, he wasn't human, right? See where I, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't human. Mm-hmm. And like part of part of kind of the, uh, the the narrative was he had been passed over, thinking it was because that he was whatever alien race he was in quotations alien race, mm-hmm. um, but that Kirk, you know, kind of brought him back around and and so forth. But I I do think it I thought that it was interesting uh, having this older officer there. One of the things that I think that this book attempts to establish is that Kirk is not necessarily the confident captain that we kind of think he is, that he relies on people pretty heavily. He brings his friends around yeah. and he has these pillar posts. I don't necessarily think that that's a great or the correct depiction of Kirk, but it is interesting. One question I do have, didn't Odebayo die at one point or am i m- m- missing something because like there was one guy who who died and it was like well he never got to make captain or something i think that, yeah, this is, i think that i think yeah i think he did die but that doesn't make any sense to me like I, i'm trying to piece that all together because mm-hmm. that seemed like a third story that i don't remember well enough because they made it through the um, the uh, uh, shoot. What were what was our not uh, 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 shoot? Uh, I'm really having a hard time remembering the name of our not bad guys. Oh, it wasn't the Imani. Um, the it wasn't the Alakri. It was the Agni. Agni. The Agni. Yeah. So they made it through the Agni storyline. And he was there. He was fine. But he was killed when he took over command of 
and I just I lost that part in my memory. Have you lost that part I have too? too? Okay, then maybe he didn't die. I'm just making it up. We're, this is a great podcasting, David. We're doing a great job. Well, no, I think it. I think it uh, alliterates though the the how disjointed the book is, and I think at one point I do remember this book being called Apocrypha, right? It was, yeah, yeah. And it's just like when I think of a pocketbook, and this could be a complete miscategorization, but when I think about a pocketbook, I think about a collection of sort of somewhat disjointed, but also somewhat similar stories. Yeah. I want, I want to come back to um, to what you're saying about like uh, not being the the confident um, captain or whatever that he's been depicted as, and like keeping his friends close type of thing. We, we do see, uh, I think it's like, it's like prologue or chapter one, uh, very early on, where, you know, he's saying, Bones, I need you, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, saying, like, you know, please, 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 like, I need, I need, like, my, I need my friend, I need this person that I trust, like, while I'm out in deep space in my first posting or whatever he ends up saying. Um, and, like, you basically have three months to decide, type of thing. And I'm not. You have three months to decide. Basically, like, that's a <laughs> lot of time, dude. Like for real. Yeah. Like I'm not mad at it at all. I mean, I think there's something to be said about like, yeah, you want to work with your friends, but more importantly, you want to work with people that are competent and people that you trust to do the job that they're trained, that they're specialized in doing, type of thing. Right. Like, like you know, you and I get along and if you do something really well and I have an opportunity to like do you a solid, like why wouldn't I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And vice, I mean, I would hope the same, it'd be the, the same reverse type of thing. Like for anyone for that matter, like right. don't screw me over. Like I'm going to help you out as long as I can type of thing. No doubt. Coincidentally, I did figure out, I, I figured it out. So the first officer I was thinking about was Eggdor. Okay. He's a Rigelian. Okay. He was a Rigelian, and he was killed aboard uh, the USS Congo. Um, I'm actually trying to piece together that storyline in my own head, but yeah, th- that was his um, first first officer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so technically, he had he had one first officer to teach him about, you know, don't be offended, okay, but teach him about the potential privilege. And then he had his other first officer who taught him about effectively experience. And, you know, yeah, Eggdor's story was was smattered in there. I I guess we, we, do we actually want to go through any of the plot points as we're just randomly naming characters? Well, there was, there was like a, there's a couple things that I wanted to highlight because I think that they're, they're kind of interesting and like perhaps even topical with what we've been dealing with, like, um, in, like, at least in the U.S. and even in, um, parts of the world as well. There's, um, I hate that I can't keep the timeline straight. I really do. Like, which, which timeline goes with which one, but the, it's where we're dealing with, um, prosthetics falling off and, um, we're, we're dealing with, um, like uh, pretending that we're enemies, but in fact we're just like partners in crime type of thing. Yeah, boy, you, uh, yeah, you, you hit 
one story that I had completely forgotten about. <sighs> so there's so basically what's what's going on is we have like some prime directive first contact kind of questionable protocols that are kind of taking place um, at this point in the story and this is like um, early to middle ish of the book um, for the most part and basically the the this it's not even like a unified government at this point they're still mostly pre-war but they're like trying to like reverse engineer some technology that you know Kirk and company have basically and Kirk is like trying to have to figure out what to do you, you with me now David Nazi planet there we go I had forgotten totally about that story yeah they were um the males were bald mm -hmm. they didn't have they didn't have hair only the females had hair and they had Oh my God, Chase! Yeah, geez, this was jam-packed full of stories. So yeah, that was that was Nazi planet where they um, uh, the the planet had basically whatever whatever their premiere was. Mm -hmm. um, he was effectively controlling the population by telling the people that they were under attack from aliens. That's right. When in reality they weren't, and effectively he was. Um, potentially going to start exterminating people to continue this facade up so that he could stay in power mm -hmm. and Kirk and company were were captured and their prosthesis that they that they mm -hmm. poorly, uh, they didn't have strange new worlds chapel let's no, just no, say that much. no <laughs> uh, this is all this, this is just nurse chapel apparently um, not even nurse chapel at that point but anyway um, so yeah, they, they go down, their prosthesis fails, the leader of the world is like, yeah, no, it's cool, work with us so that we can continue to control everybody. And then they meet the rebels, and the rebels are like, oh my god, what have they done to you? you do, you've been mutilated. Yes, we have totally been mutilated. Rebel, uh, go rebel stuff. Rebel, rebel, rebel. I, I, for, I had totally forgotten about that story, though. It was, Which is also eerily similar to another story. There was a there was a Nazi planet too, wasn't there? Um, I mean, there's there's the Nazis show up quite a bit in TOS and Enterprise. Maybe I'm thinking about one with Enterprise, but yeah, that's yeah, not a unique story. But like the fact of the matter is, like we have like this overarching idea of we control the narrative we make people believe what we want them to believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been right, wrong, or indifferent, especially in American politics, American like society recently. There's been a lot of folks that have had, that have potentially shared that sentiment or, or had that belief, I should say, like that the people in power are controlling the narrative and they're trying to control our minds and try and tell us what to believe and what not to believe. They're trying to control our reality type of thing, which, look, the thing about good sci-fi, I've said this I said this on episode zero of this show. The thing about good sci-fi is it gets you to consider things that you wouldn't have originally considered, gets you to think about things in a from a different angle, a different perspective. And maybe this is like a little bit too much of a bonk on the head, but it's still 
you know, giving you something to chew on, something to think about, like, okay, is this going on? Like, what do I need? Do I need to be looking for something without sounding too, you know, conspiratorial or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of some of the point of that yeah. particular story. I mean, right now, you have very powerful people buying platforms, whether that's news or social media, and whether you agree with it or not, doesn't really matter. They will attempt to control their own narrative because that's what everybody wants to do. They want to control their own narrative. And can you trust government media? I think that's been proven historically not to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. No offense to like our British friends who, you know, the BBC or even our Canadian friends who have effectively government sponsored media. And some of that is cool. Some of, some of it's cool. I don't think we do that very well in the States though. I don't think that's something we can, we can just naturally fall into. So and, and private media kind of dies out because of the way you have to click bait and advertise and right. Uh, right. ads and ad block and ad walls and paywalls and all this stuff. And it winds up becoming a jumble. So you don't really know who to trust. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more complicated than the story had, had put out, but it, it is certainly an allegory to what we have to deal with at times and sort of the search for truth whatever truth might be right it's like you i know? mean it's it's uh this particular you know alien society was um, mostly a manifestation of like orwell's 1984 basically yeah the, i now that i'm i'm remembering uh what was it um th- there were some like uh state sponsored ads like every mail here let's hold on let let me do my uh, what is that that transatlantic voice or something like that do it yeah i'm I'm trying to get into it man hold on (laughs) every meal that you go without is a meal in the belly of a soldier fighting for your freedom (laughs) you know some crap like that you know which is yeah Yeah. i mean that's definitely orwellian for sure um but we also have orwell for that we do so I, I i don't know i didn't honestly that is the story that i didn't really understand the point of it being in this general block of stories it's it wasn't a bad story it just sort of was like oh yeah gary mitchell's kind of a renegade <sighs> don't you just gary love mitchell. gary mitchell <sighs> no i don't <laughs> man 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 jim I wish I could just get a kiss. Okay, oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like, th- I, I was I was going through this and I was like, man, like this is, this is something. This is like some some heavy stuff, like for real. And I, I think, you know, like we got we got to remember that Kirk is like the main character in this. It's the captain's oath for crying out loud. And we're we're looking at at you know his time on the Sacagawea. We're looking at his you know his first few days um, on the Enterprise, going to um, going going on on the Enterprise that he's famous for. And I I see it as more of a character study of like 
who you are as um, a novice captain versus a seasoned captain, right? Um, like, how do I deal with, like, prime directive, first contact type of stuff? Even though I've done it umpteen gazillion times as, like, a commander, a lieutenant commander, an ensign, whatever. I've had it, like, from that perspective, but I'm in the center seat now. And there's, like, some sketchy stuff. Like, we have, like, a freaking, like, Flava Flav, like, communicator, like, universal translator action going on. Like, it's, like, turned on. And, like, oh, we're, we'll just re, we'll reverse engineer it. Oh, it's proprietary information. Sorry, I couldn't give it to you if I wanted to. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll reverse engineer it. Like, here on Nazi Planet, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it for you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about you. Like, this could, Nazi like, plan. this could, this could fix everything. Suffice it to say, that planet's in for a very bloody, very bloody oh bit gosh. of history there. Oh my gosh, uh, 100%. Yes. Um, but anyway, you, you do also have the two other, what I actually considered more the main stories with the with the Agni, which are totally not the Doomsday device, but, they're, but they are. Uh, and then you have the, um, uh, I, I just, I said it, I, I said it not too long ago. What were the other ones called? Um, the Alacri. Um, Alacri, yes. So the, the the I don't know. You just want to do Agni? That's fine. I don't like the fact that they named them both A names. That's a mistake. You have to differentiate literarily, and putting both of those A names in there it was confusing. Okay. And I'm sure that other people are not confused by that, but it was confusing. Like, give me an A name and, like, a name that starts with a B or something like well, that. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> it's not just that, David. I think, you know, um, it's along the same lines of, like, the gripe that I've ha- I had on, um, like, Discovery with Bryce and Reese. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. they don't start necessarily with the same letter, but they have, like, a similar, uh, uh, what, like a... Phenomenal, or not phenomenal, like a same like phonetic, like mm-hmm. sound to it. Rice, yeah. Reese, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. So yeah, the 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 Agni, they're uh, cylindrical ships with projectile shield weapons and a and a big old singularity powered double ended cannon thing that definitely that not really the Doomsday Machine. Yeah, definitely not. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess really the gist of that story, I, I mean, without, you know, giving away every single thing, is space refugees and misunderstanding based upon bad communication and, in some cases, no communication, and also a fundamental misunderstanding of, I guess I would say, life. Like how life is, because the Ogni are—they're they're not humanoid. I, I think that they were mainly described as like, like what energy or wisps of ghosty things yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, they were like that. yeah non-corporeal. For, yeah, and they don't—they don't understand <coughs> the uh, the significance of owning or uh, claiming uh, a planet or space. They don't have that sort of definition. And their experience with what are they all oh, cold beings, mm-hmm. which is weird. I don't understand why they call them cold beings. Aside, maybe they're just like cold-hearted or something. But like, 
Yeah, I didn't, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, too. There was a yeah. lot of stuff that I got lost on. Yeah. But their experience with humanoids is that they're violent mm-hmm. um, and that they'll kill them, but they're just looking for in-class uh, in, in planets? Yes. So an in-class planet, that that would be as close to what they can have that, that uh, would sustain them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attempt to claim, was it uh, Regulus? And then another another planet that had a Starfleet base on it um, in order to, well, they say rest their ships and rebuild and so forth. But uh, th- this storyline and even the, the negotiation I felt was like really, it was strange. It was kind of strange for me because like I, on one hand, we had our colonel, like our crazy colonel from Regulus, who was basically like sabotaging negotiations and sabotaging translations and making everybody fight each other. But at the same token, like you're thinking about somebody who's like, we've been open-handed with everybody. We've welcomed everybody in. We've we've integrated people into our society and, and we're, we're all living together. We have a planet that produces weird bacteria that we use as, as an economic means of survival and a completely unknown form of life with what we feel are earth shattering weapons uh, that we don't understand are coming here to claim our planet because they don't recognize our sovereignty over it because they don't understand the concept of our space. So from a lot of standpoints, I actually kind of feel for the Colonel It's clearly nuts, but like at the same, uh, in the same lane, why would you, or why should you be asked to give up your planet for refugees when we could find you an in-class planet that doesn't have life on it? Presumably, I mean, the galaxy is literally endless, potentially. Um, So, but the Agni come back with, well, all we know is like you trying to destroy us. We can't trust you. We want this now. So they're now effectively just wholly selfish for their own matter of survival because they don't have many of them left. They're literally facing extinction. Right. So I think from like a thought exercise standpoint, it's an interesting story. But I don't necessarily view one side or the other as bad guys, you know? And I think that I I felt that they were trying to paint people like that colonel as the bad person. But it's like, but I don't really feel wholeheartedly like they are truly, like they're not evil. They might've made the wrong decision, but they're not evil. They're literally faced with losing their planet. Right, which I mean, we see that how many times in the whole of Star Trek, like especially like more recent Star Trek stories, um, like with Vulcan and Romulus and the Romulus Star Empire, all that stuff. Um, just for any anyone that's curious, um, I just pulled up, because we're dealing with a non-canon book, I made sure I pulled up the non-canon meaning of an N-class star um, on memory beta real quick. So an N-class star, or red dwarf, is a small and relatively cool type of star similar to an M-class, which is a life, like a human, like life-supporting, you know, system. Uh, M-class star on the spectral scale. Red dwarfs range in mass from a low of 0.075 to about 
0.5 solar mass and have a surface temperature of less than 4,000 K. So, yeah, I mean, it would, it would be absolutely perfect. But um, just the other day, dude, um, in uh, I had my, my first, um, I, have, I have two classes, uh, two lectures that I give during the summer semester uh, with my multicultural counseling class. And the first, the first class, it's, it's um, talking about a lot of things, uh, one of which is this idea of cultural humility, um, and the other one is, um, you know, when we, when we think of culture, we typically think of race and ethnicity, but instead of, like, really thinking about um, how much it's truly expanded over, like, really the last decade, two decades in terms of meaning, where it goes beyond that, it goes to, like, two gender and SES and I don't know sex whatever okay like mm -hmm. a bunch a bunch of different categories and part of cultural humility is like taking those things into account of not just seeing and like making assumptions based off what we see but taking into account like the holistic person like the person as a whole and seeking to understand first without making these, you know, biases, like having these biases and just making like knee jerk responses to it. Like we do it all the time. Like it might not be like over the top, but like I can see someone and think, oh, well, they're just a jerk just because of how they dress and how they look. When in reality, they're like probably yeah, really unconscious cool. Unconscious bias. Yeah. 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 Where, where in reality, like after you actually have a conversation with them, like over a cup of coffee or just in general, like with work or school or whatever, you realize, man, a jerk like you're really not like you're actually kind of cool actually like why didn't i start talking to you sooner and i and that's yeah that's what's coming to mind or what's coming to mind with these folks too like this whole like they're misunderstood like i think like this book in particular i think um i have seen a lot of comments here and there about like this is like a really political book well congratulations welcome to star trek star trek is pretty political yeah, yeah exactly right it's pretty topical like on social and cultural issues too so welcome to star trek um like that i think that's what what we're like really getting at is like we're we're talking about cultural humility without really talking about cultural humility especially with this particular set of aliens but i would say it's cultural humility on one side. Sure. It, 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 the expectation is that, in quotation, humanoids are supposed to understand the Agni, but the Agni are not making an effort to understand humanoids. Sure. And it, it's, it's hinted at that they had tried to talk to the cold beings but ultimately their definitions of life still remain only their own so the, the the moral question here is why do we have to give a, a planet to these folks when they do not take the time to understand us why is it our job to only understand and they don't or they are not making a conscious effort to understand our lives. And I think that that's high road. You know, Starfleet takes the high road. Humanoids at this point are supposed to be evolved to take the high road. Can I, can I go somewhere and potentially like piss Why off not? some people? 
it's your podcast <laughs> thanks david thank you for that appreciate it bud welcome but like look i say this like with with respect and dignity to all our listeners out there okay but like that being said we have these conversations about things that have happened in the past and people sharing their experiences, their thoughts, their whatever about something and wanting some kind of um, acknowledgement of something, um, some kind of like um, offering to make things right type of thing, just almost carte blanche. And I'm, tr- I'm trying I'm trying to be as, as re- delicate and respectful as I can about this. Um, and sometimes it can, <clears throat> excuse me, it can seem potentially one-sided for some, where it's like, just take what I have to say regardless and just do something about it. Like, we don't care to hear about what you really have to say. Like, my experience is what matters the most. And that I think that's part of the message that's really coming forth in some of these talks. Like, I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, David. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see. I can see that. I, I, I see. I see where you're going with uh, with that particular point. Um. I think I would say we're not as evolved as we think we are. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know if we truly at this time in 2022 understand what truth is because we choose, well, I don't want to overgeneralize, but there is a lot of, there are a lot of choices being made to not understand nuance, subtlety, history, back history, backstories, both sides, and that can relate to a lot of different things. Um, whereas like, you know, just cause we, we had sort of referenced, uh, you know, the, the United States in this and it's, it's referenced here because Kirk technically, while he doesn't identify as a, as an American, <laughs> cause that's not technically a thing sure. anymore. Uh, he definitely sort of embodies that because this all started in the, the sixties. Right. Um, but I don't think that, that at this, just at this point in our development, we are truly evolved enough to the point where where these sort of stories being written, like this particular story, is maybe written in the way it was intended to be written. Like, I Mm. think that the writer made a good attempt. I don't think he hit the nail on the head the way he thought he did. Okay. And I think that that is a development issue. And I think that that is an issue with 2019 and on. Sure. I think I think we have a lot more learning to do, um, and I, I you, you know, sometimes I lose track of my thought. Now it comes back a little bit. Um, the, the United States certainly has parts of its history that we would 
prefer to not have. Yeah. However, if you look at the world stage, no country, past, present, is uniquely clean of those same mistakes. What I try and latch on to is you read your history mm-hmm. and you learn from it and you don't make the mistakes again. Which is tough because as you alluded to, I think now we want more of a payback, which is which is not necessarily an evolved principle. Mm. If you really think about it. Sure. Forgiveness is far more evolved than revenge. Sure. And that's actually a very uniquely Star Trek lesson. It really is. And I think that again, I don't I don't want to bash the writer or anything cuz I think it's fine. I think it's stuck in today's day and age. And this is a a gripe I think we all had with Discovery. It's stuck in today's day and age and not enough in the future. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and and like to even take that maybe a little bit more, like kick uh, kick the can down the road just a little bit more. Like the thing that you, me, Eric and all the, the, the Star Trek fans out there, like, new and old, whether they know it or not, or realize it or not, like, we we look forward to a future that we can aspire to. Like, with how we treat people, how we work with people, with our, with our technology, like, with the advancements in, in medical research, and et cetera, et cetera. And, like... I mean, Gene Roddenberry, like, I, here I am, like, invoking the name. <clears throat> Gene Roddenberry, you know, like, would say stuff like, you know, like, people don't care if you're bald in the future. Or, you know, smoking a cigarette or cigar wouldn't be an issue anymore. People wouldn't care about that. Like, they would have moved beyond, like, their vices. They would have grown beyond their vices and like all these these hang-ups that people that we have as like and all like the societal and cultural ills that we we are facing in the 20th and 21st century like that's no longer an issue and and to your point like that's part of the problem that we were facing with like some of the newer shows that have been coming out is there's been too much 20th and 21st century in the 23rd and 24th, 25th, 32nd centuries that we've been that we've been experiencing. So now, granted, granted, it 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 isn't. It would not be incorrect to try and form lessons. Sure. In that future state, but sure. yeah, I mean the 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 point that I would hope that a lot of this is is getting past the pettiness that people display today because at the end of the day where you live where you come from what race religion creed whatever you are is that really the basis of all identity 
I mean, is that what we want the soul identity to be? Wouldn't it be somewhat preferable like in instances of Star Trek where we are attempting not only to better our planet, but we are attempting to better a federation of planets, a collection of people who are buying into an ideal of, of hope and prosperity to everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And getting past, as, as you had you know, alluded to earlier, the unconscious bias and, and the, you know, the, the hangups that we might have had in the past and working towards a more prosperous future. Um, we're not there yet as a people and it will take a very long time unfortunately issues do not cannot be solved overnight there is no issue that we can solve today right i mean we're but keeping the dialogue however will inevitably help solve problems right and i think the <clears throat> the main thing that's like coming through and, and i'm going to sound like maybe a dork but i think there's truth to it like no amount of like um say I lost that thought anyway like what I was going to get at was no matter how hard we we try and say you know with curriculum with this that or the other things the only thing that's going to really change anything is like at the heart level like if we make it like a heart issue like in terms of like how we think and feel about one another I think that's where like the true change is really going to stem from and everything that like you know uh, flows from that for the most part. I think that's truly where the the long lasting change can and will occur. Yeah, no doubt. Welcome everybody to the midnight hour where we, we get all philosophical on Star Trek we sort of stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna talk today about issues that uh, that are on your mind. But first let's get news, traffic and weather. <laughs> Take it away, Dan. It gonna rain. <laughs> and it literally is raining, by the way. Just started just started raining here, so woo. <laughs> hey, so there's a whole nother story to talk about. That's true. <laughs> now that we now that we have like a really deep philosophical thingy, let's let's talk about some other stuff. Yeah, the Alacri who are terraformers that slowly drag comets to planets to seed seed them with water and stuff. I feel like that just happened on another show. Like there was a life-giving comet. Did it? Did it just happen? It just happened. <laughs> are the writers of <laughs> are the writers of Strange New Worlds reading this book? Are we <gasps> gonna get Nazi planet this week? Dude, dude, that's episode 10. I'm calling it right now. Sweet cliffhanger. Here we go. Welcome to Nazi planet. So yeah, Uh, life giving comets, dragging them across the universe. Very good. Very good. Yeah. This also, um, introduced a, an, another character who was Kirk's science officer aboard yes. this Sakagawea um, Sherev yes and uh, 
she is what what where was she from this is why you read the book the the book kids that's why you read the book well i i did i did read the andorians so they were andorian or she, she was andorian do the the whole andorian thing was kind of weird uh, not weird but i don't remember them having this whole like communal family thing is that a thing because it, it, the whole thing was is her she was born effectively by four parents kind of co co-mingling dna and then likewise she also has like other partners and kids and all this stuff i don't remember that being a part of andorian mating rituals it sounds more like denobulans that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking like i really i don't remember that with andorians at all yeah i don't know that was kind of like her 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 story but um kind of got a little bit of the headstrong sort of sassy character you know that's always fun she was she was a she was kind of a fun fun character and you know obviously like her story didn't necessarily have the the greatest of of you know roadmaps there she kind of got crushed at one point uh, poor poor woman got she got crushed <laughs> i mean she's fine she's still alive by the way she's just like a like a you know an archaeologist now but uh <laughs> Um, but anyway, her, her whole uh, sort of cap into story is that she's studying a planet where the, the, Alac- the Alacri, they're trying to terraform and also potentially destroy uh, a chapter of their history in which they think the original inhabitants were basically um, genocidal maniacs. But what we learn is that they were not. They're actually the progenitors of the Alacri. Yes. And they have yeah. a whole DNA farm down there in the in the planet. And now we're going to make clones. Bring them bring them back. We're, we're bringing them back. Yeah. This was this was kind of weird. And by the way, I just looked up um I, tr- I just did like a quick on the fly little check and no nothing about nothing about um communal anything i mean they were i mean they're like klingon light in terms of like honor code kind of being bound by that kind of stuff and needing at least four people present like for a wedding at at a minimum like for for a union basically so but yeah like nothing nothing else that i'm able to find or that anything's coming to mind off the top of my head about the okay. communal thing. So I just wanted to point that out just real quick. Yeah, kind of another sort of stab at social issue, though. You know, alternate lifestyles and stuff like that. Sure. Maybe. Presumably. Sure. It, it didn't diminish the character. I mean, I, I like I like Shrev. I thought it was kind of, you know, sort of a foil to Kirk's... Uh, his straight back persona at that point, you know, she was basically who Kirk becomes. (laughs) 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 
so yeah all, all i know is that you know she's in a klingon erotica you just had to bring that up didn't you i did thank I you did. you're welcome Th thank you for that thank you it's a kid show it's a yeah it's a, it's a kid show it's a kid show uh yeah so anyway that kind of kind of story sort of the story of of that pretty much pretty much like we were all over the place with this yeah but again like we like we highlighted at the beginning this is it's pretty disjointed i mean like i know other i, mean, I know other people we'll get to like the rating stuff here in a second but i, like, I know other people that like just went gaga over this book and like there's Look, I'm not mm -hmm. diminishing the book. There's some good stuff in the book, okay? It's just audiobook might not be the right medium to consume yeah. this. So, yeah, it was, yeah, too much. But I know you're kind of mentioning ratings, but if there's one, one other sort of categorization I think is important, perhaps, okay. is Kirk, Kirk's persona here. Okay. You know, he, he's. He's like the the bookish captain almost, you know. He's buy buy the buy the book Kirk. Oh, he really buy, is. Oh, buy the book, buy the book Kirk. Which, I mean, I think that this leads into like the more, um, I don't want to say brash, but like the more just the Kirk that we see in the the show and the movies, right? Which, here's the thing that I want to point out. In this particular book, they highlight the fact that he is the, the one individual that has uh, risen up through the ranks the fastest. Like, he is the youngest to get a captaincy. Like, he's mm -hmm. 32. 32 years young, and he gets the cap... He, he becomes captain of the Sakagawea. Okay? There's another captain from an alternate timeline that does things by the book, doesn't really take much in the way of chances, and they may or may not have remained like a lieutenant, you know, junior astrophysics officer. So That's right. how did, I mean, maybe this, I don't know if we need to talk about this, but eh, why not? Um, what makes it work for Kirk, but not for Picard? I mean, the the only thing that I would say is is that P Picard faced his mortality through getting stabbed through the heart and effectively dying. Kirk faces mortality through the whole incident on the um, what was the ship? Was it the Farragut, where he let in the the weird misty entity and it right. killed the captain and everything? Right. So I, I think. Whether right or wrong, I think the point is is that he has faced adversity, weathered it without effectively washing out. And while he is by the book, he is still in sort of the the questioning mode. And then he also has his props. So he's got yeah. he, he's got his first first officer, who I've instantly forgotten his name. Sorry, bud. You, he, he's not around anymore to, to <laughs> no. argue. And then we have older first officer prop, and we've got Sherev prop up, and then eventually even, well, Gary, Gary Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And then 
even when he gets to the Enterprise, he's still looking for his props, like, uh, well, McCoy, who saved his life effectively from uh, whatever disease he caught when he was overanalyzing his, you know, being a sad sack about his crew getting hurt. Um, and then even Spock, there's an analyst, uh, so, sort of a, analyzing Spock as a potential, uh, even a prop for him as well. Like, right. I, I think I think there was a point made where they're they're somewhat similar, but Kirk needs somebody different mm-hmm. to like pop back and forth on and so forth. And again, like getting back to sort of something in the beginning and then now the categorization of Kirk, I, I just don't think that that's right. Sure. In the I grand gotcha. scheme of things, it doesn't feel like an accurate portrayal of James T. Kirk. Like he cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. Right. Because he doesn't believe in a no-win situation, which obviously looks at a propensity to break rules. Sure. Looks at questioning uh, the status quo and, you know, questioning the rules, um, going his own way. So why does he need all these props? Like, I guess it just doesn't quite make a lot of sense. I mean, I can understand some of it, like in his first command, you know, you have a couple people here that are, you know, you learn lessons and so forth as you go along. But once you get to the enterprise, I, I don't, I don't really see it as much. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. It, there's, yeah, there's, there's like something that's missing, like going from point A to point B with him being like this by the book to him being this space cowboy, right? This, this mm-hmm. cowboy diplomacy that we see in, in the original Star Trek show. So, right. Uh, yeah, we we've missed a couple steps. But, but just a just a just a few, just a handful, just a couple handfuls. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you want to go into uh, evaluating this thing, giving a rating? Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. Okay. All right, everyone. So with our book review, we're going to do this on a scale of uh, one to five instead of one to ten. So of course, one being dumpster fire. It's a horrible book. Don't ever read the thing to uh, five being fantastic, a masterpiece, whatever, perfection, amazeballs, whatever. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll kick this one off, because why not? Um, so I've already said it. You've already said it a few times. It's confusing to keep track of things. Like, if you're not constantly like opening up like your your uh you know your your table of contents like on your your um, audiobook app that you use um, or whatever you're going to get lost and the thing that I did not mention in the uh, actual discussion of the content was another layer of confusion that it added for me was the fact that we had random quotes at the beginning of chapters mm-hmm. from like movies for instance like um, Carol Marcus saying, you know, James T. Kirk is no Boy Scout. Okay, so that's 
you know, Wrath of Khan, for crying out loud. Um, and then, of course, like, we also have, like, random moments where we hear um, the quote, um, I don't believe in a no-win scenario. I changed the conditions of the game, of the, of the um, scenario, whatever. So we're getting quotes from moments literally ripped out of Wrath of Khan. So that added to him. Like, okay, so wait, are we... Now, are we like 20 years or whatever in the future? Are we 15 years in the future? Where I mean, are we five years in the future? Are we five years in the past? So like that added to um, like, or yeah, that added to me not enjoying it as much because I just kept getting confused like with where we were in the timeline. Um, yeah. The, I think some of the social commentary, um, it was all right, um, but um, I think there's some stuff that maybe could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Like we could have camped out on some stuff. We could have maybe taken some other stuff away and think things would have been, would have evened out a little bit more. Um, I didn't hate the book. Um, but like for me, um, for one, I'm not going to do another review after having read the actual book, but, um, I reserve the right to say that as an audiobook, I would just give this like, I don't know, like uh, as an audiobook and being confused and stories being a little bit all over the place, I'd give this like a 2.9, maybe a 3, something like that, like that territory. I mean, you reserve the right to be wrong, Chase. It's fine. I do. I know. You, I know. I know you're going to give it a five. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. You know how many fives I give out here. I do. Every <laughs> single book. <laughs> Even that one about the longest year. Yeah, with. Uh, what was the, that book called? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't. Alice in Wonderland. Oh boy. Yeah. Sure. Where we, like the hair grew like really really fast. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I mean, you got to stimulate the hair growth. It's, That's right. It's fine. That's right. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So, as an audiobook, it was performed fine. Like we had talked before the podcast about, like uh, everything. The, well, yeah, <laughs> but about, more specifically about the voice voice work with right. like McCoy, and that was pretty spot on. And at times, you know, they even tried to do the Shatner inflection, you know, mm. there's something on the wing. Um, <laughs> but ultimately the, the, this, this story was not made for an audiobook format. It really wasn't. I, I, I don't think it works as one. So I, I'm going to try and, and be, and, and confine myself to the stories that we're, that we're telling. Um, I think the categorization of Kirk is, is off. I think that that is almost that that whole thing about it takes a village, um, which is fine, but eventually you do have to sort of stand on your own. That's sure. sort of part of becoming an adult. Um, I think the the Alakri storyline was okay. Uh, I think the 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 other one, the um, I already forgot the name. Who was the other A name, Chase? 
The Og, Og, Ogni. Ogri or Ogni. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the Ogni storyline was perhaps a little misunderstood. I, I, I don't think that the point that I feel that I, this is that I feel the writer was trying to get across. I don't feel like that came across well enough. I felt more for the humanoids than I did for the for the Agni in certain cases. Sure. Although I feel for the Agni, I, I really do. I, I completely, I could totally understand that. But I think that had this have been any other instance, this threat, I think Starfleet would have like, well, okay, well, let's just thought experiment here. Uh, what if the the Borg were like, oh, we're the last Borg cube. We just want to have a planet and, and just like you know assimilate the planet, just like you know just give us give us a little piece of a planet. You know what I mean? No, I mean Starfleet would have blown that cube straight to hell. Last last Borg or not? I mean, but resistance is permissible, David. Because we're we're a build back better Borg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take your CNN talking points and your Fox News talking points and you flush them. But I, I just, I feel like that the, the story was a thinker. I just don't think that the eventual conclusion was quite, for me, as poignant as the writer maybe thought it was. And I don't know the writer. Could He could have a, been, t- I think it'd be interesting to talk to this person. Sure. Whoever, I don't remember who wrote this book. Not on a podcast, you know, where we where we talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I just, I kind of, I kind of think that it, it would be interesting to see what their actual meaning was if they were interested in giving that out. Um, so that story was a little flat, and you reminded me of Nazi Planet. I completely forgot about Nazi Planet, and I it actually wasn't a bad story. No. It was, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so just as far as like a numerical rating, I. I this book tried to be too much. It's not a good audiobook format. If you're going to read it, I would recommend that you read it. But if you're if you're going to read it, buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did look it up, and currently, like a paperback's a little expensive. If I'm, you know, find find, a, find your local like Half used bookstore yeah. and yeah, and like get a copy for a couple bucks or something like that. Don't 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 pay like sixteen bucks for this book. But numerically, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably like a three, probably a three on it. It's, it's, it's fine. It's readable. I, you know, you were talking about how highly rated it was elsewhere, which surprises me a little bit. If I'm being honest, what, what is it on? I only read good reads for this. Yeah, it's a four, 4.03. Yeah. Based off of 480 ratings. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's not a bad bad score. I'm just Definitely like under sc- that. scrolling. I'm just seeing like a ton of five stars on this. And like, I think the thing that's bringing down the averages is like you have like a, a few fours and threes um, yeah. here and there. But yeah, like a lot of them are, are there's a lot of fives, a lot of fives. And you know what? Now, the more I think about it, I don't think the Captain's Oath was the right, the right name for this book. I was going to ask right that too. Yeah, if you had, if you were, if you were part of the marketing department, you had to rename. If you had to name the book, what would you name it? 
Oh no, if I'm the marketing department, I'm definitely going with Captain's Oath. But if I'm being honest about it, I think, um, you know how good I am at naming things. <sighs> Maybe like the Captain's Journey or something like that. You know, something a little bit more ambiguous because this has nothing to really do with the oath that a captain takes. It had more to do with this idea of Kirk's journey making him into the captain that he was. I just don't think they made that point very well. Okay. I was thinking, like, time and again, but, like, that would make, make it seem like it was, like, a time travel story. Yeah, let's not do let's, that again, But, yeah, let's not, let's not do that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, I don't know if Captain's Oath is, like, appropriate, like, with everything that happens. So, all right. Cool. So we got threes. Threes on this book. Cool. Let's talk about the most important thing before we get out of here, though. Good old Twitter poll. So, David, I, um, I asked people in, Twitter, in the Twitterverse, Twitter land, this highly... And I mean extremely highly important question. Which character from hashtag Star Trek Lower Decks would fit in the best on hashtag Captain Kirk's Enterprise? So which character from Lower Decks would fit in the best on Kirk's Enterprise? Choices were Boimler, Shax, Tiana, Talyn. I remember Boimler and Shax. Remind me of who the other two are. Tiana is the cat doctor. Cat doctor. Okay, yeah. Cation, got it. Yep, and Talyn was the sassy Vulcan there at the end of season two. I do not remember that character. Okay. Yeah, she was basically, she was like disciplined for being too emotional and saying, and like the person was like, I'm going to put you, um, you're going to go work for Starfleet basically. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've, I must have blocked out some lower decks. Um, <laughs> goodness, that's a that's a weird choice. You're welcome. I, I I don't think Boimler would fit in here at all. Um, they never really fleshed out Shacks enough. I mean, he's he's just died. And we don't talk about it. Uh, the, I mean, the, the the Vulcan was not a big enough thing in my mind to even remember who they were. Um, I will go with I will go with the Cation, uh, just mainly because she had a sex totem, and I feel like you know Kirk might be into that. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. All right. So let's let's go to it. Okay. Again. Which character from Lower Decks would fit in best on Captain Kirk's Enterprise? In last place, with 0% of the vote, our boy Boimler. Boimler got no love on this one. No love for Boimler. Yeah. Okay. Coming right up behind Boimler with 16.7% of the vote, putting them in third place. We have Talyn, our sassy Vulcan. Okay, so it's coming down to Shax and Tiana. 
actually just before you make the big reveal that would be kind of interesting to see like spock interact with you know in quotations a sassy vulcan mm-hmm. like they could just go back and forth that that would be I, actually i might i might revise my choice but i'm, st- I'm still sticking with cat doctor <laughs> okay okay fair enough all right so second place our runner-up with only a third of the vote, 33.3% of the vote, goes to... Pause for dramatic effect. Cat Dr. Tiana. So 50% of the vote went to Shax. <laughs> okay. Did anybody, like, write why? Nope. No comments on this one. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. go. Well, Eric, your uh, your your streak is still intact, so congratulations. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back next time for more Star Trek stuff. Um, I think David and I are kind of kicking around the idea of doing a um, like a Star Trek Enterprise book if we can find one uh, that that we want to tackle. Otherwise, we'll figure something else out. I mean, we got, we got time. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, anyways, David, thank you um, as always for. Your book reviews with me, and uh, for uh, just the other Star Trekky stuff that we we talk about week after week after week after week after month after after year after year after year after decade after century mm. after millennium millennia. We've been doing this almost a millennia, right? <laughs> we're we're we're, we're, com- we're coming up on it. It's fine. It's fine. All right, gang. Well. Hope you guys, hope you uh, guys and gals out there in listener land enjoyed the show. What'd you think of the book? If you've read it, we'd love to hear from you. Um, open up hailing frequencies and get in contact with us. Uh, TRTVPod at gmail.com is where you can send us an email. Remember, we are on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, if you do want to send us a voice-only transmission, you can do that. Enter in coordinates to 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit, so please be quick about it. Otherwise someone's going to demand we give them a planet and that's just not cool uh finally if you do want to mail us something you know like orders to you know take command of the uss sakagawea you can send it i guess to the lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for tuning in and as always remember to boldly go and make it so